is marketing important for physicians? What is pain point marketing? Learn the answers to these questions and many more on this episode of the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey guys, it's Andrew. Welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I am so happy to have you here. If you've listened before, thank you for your continued support. If this is your first time here, welcome. You're going to enjoy yourself because today, like on every episode, we're bringing you the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond to discuss issues relating to the early career physician. Today, I have a special guest, marketing extraordinaire Kayla Wright. Kayla is the founder and director of Venture Marketing. She formed Venture Marketing in mid-2020 when an injury ended her horse training career. Kayla prides herself on focusing on creative marketing that is both cost-effective and ethical. Her strategies are often a bit out of the box, but she has found them to be wildly popular among small businesses. Kayla is extremely passionate about the work she does. She is committed to treating each business she works with as an extension of her own. Well, let's bring Kayla onto the show. Kayla Wright, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I recorded a little bio about you for the listeners, but in your own words, could you introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do? Yes. Um, my name is Kayla Wright. I am the founder and director at Venture Marketing. I work with small businesses on creative and cost-efficient marketing solutions. Um, I hate calling myself a marketing agency. I prefer just to, you know, be a marketing guru. That's kind of my thing. And um, yeah, that's about it. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, So you come from a uh, horse training background though? I do. Yeah. I grew up riding horses and then at 19, I moved to New Zealand so that I could work with horses full time. Um, I was a professional international competition groom, and that was really fun. That was cool. And then I moved back to the States, and I worked in Maryland, and then I worked in Florida. I moved back to Colorado, worked here for a little while, had a hip injury, and basically ended my career. So I went back to my marketing roots, and yeah, that brings us up to now. Cool. Well, sorry to hear about the injury, but um, glad you're uh, still found, found your calling in marketing. Thanks. Yeah. Sorry. My AirPods are like flying out of my ears. <laughs> not helping anything. Anyway, so, sorry. Uh, I ruined it. <laughs> it's good. We're all good. Okay. Uh, so I brought you onto the show for two reasons. Um, A, I think all doctors need to think about marketing uh, in two ways. And, and one of them is marketing themselves as a personal brand, whether or not they have a side business or their own business. Um, and for those that have side businesses or starting businesses, uh, of course, marketing is, is important. Um, so as to my first point, I, I think in today's day and age, uh, all doctors need to consider themselves a personal brand uh, because with social media the way it is, um, if you have a, a brick and mortar clinic uh, and you're not marketing on social media, I think you have a uphill climb uh, as far in regards to the other clinics that do. So what do you think about all that? 
I totally agree. I think that a lot of people let marketing go to the side because they feel like they don't know what they're doing and it's intimidating and they don't want to do anything wrong, especially with social media. And I think the most important thing to understand when looking at marketing is that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be authentic. So if you're more worried about making a mistake than you are about actually getting out there, you're already starting behind. So I would say for anybody listening that is on the fence about getting on social media and they don't know where to start, the most important thing is just starting. I know it sounds cliche, but just getting out there and really showing your true authentic self and sharing your story about why you became a physician in the first place, I think is, it'll set you apart from everybody else right off the bat. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think a lot of doctors see marketing as kind of like gross, I think, and they, they kind of link it together with sales, which, you know, for some reason causes some kind of negative reaction in us. Um, and maybe they think of marketing as like, uh, you know, Coca-Cola ads or, or what have you. Um, and, you know, I, I would argue that it's important uh, to understand what marketing is and what it is not. Um, so maybe you could share a little bit about what marketing really is and what it isn't and maybe how that could help uh, our doctors out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say the first thing to really understand about marketing is that it's more about top of mind awareness than anything else. So it's more about someone, you know, let's say getting a cold or having a cough or something like that. and remembering seeing a friendly face on social media and calling that person versus just Googling the nearest doctor. So that is how I would think of it. It's more of top of mind awareness. It's not this slimy, sleazy, um, you know, that pain point marketing where you're just putting people down, really poking and prodding at their insecurities and their problems, and then saying, oh, I can help you. It doesn't have to be like that. And I think that's where that whole sleazy salesy kind of undertone comes in so if people really just focus on it as a way to share their story and be visible to the people that are going to need them that will help a lot because if you focus on marketing as sales which it's not they're two completely different things then you're going to end up again feeling like you're trying to sell people something, you're trying to trick them, you're trying to lure them in. Whereas if you're just focused on sharing your story, sharing why you got into your practice and really trying to focus on what makes you different and sets you apart, then you'll be better off in the long run. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'd like to circle back to the, the pain point marketing that you brought up um, because I feel like a lot of marketing agencies and a lot of so-called marketing gurus uh, really focus on pain point marketing um, and as kind of the only way uh, really, you know, this is the way uh, with Mandalorian coming out. (laughs) uh, um, Maybe you could discuss like what that is and what, for those of uh, my listeners that don't know what pain point marketing is and why you go a different direction and maybe uh, some thoughts there. Absolutely. So pain point marketing is essentially the practice of psychologically manipulating your client or customer base into using you. Um, the basics of it are poking at someone's insecurities or issues, bringing them down and then saying, but I can help you come back up. So it's unethical. 
it's a commonly used practice. You can see it most in the beauty industry, right? They say, oh, you can be as pretty as this woman on the TV if you buy our lipstick. And um, that's used pretty much everywhere. It's not it's not just the beauty industry, but it's really unethical. And if you stop and think about it, you wouldn't speak to someone like that in person. So a lot of industries use pain point marketing simply because it works. Psychologically, it works, especially with the use of social media and imagery that we have now. It's very easy to make someone feel lesser than and then offer them a solution. And it's a little, it is a little bit more difficult to go the other way, but in the long run, it's going to have much better results. You're going to have people coming back to you forever versus people that use you one time and oh, surprise, they didn't feel great long lasting. They just kind of had that high of, wow, now I am as pretty as the woman on television. And then it disappears, right? So then they're, come, they're brought back all the way down to the point that you put them at and it either keeps them coming back or it gets them to where they're feeling sleazy and usually people look for somewhere else to go. So if you really focus on anti-pain point marketing, um, helping people feel better, spreading information, really helping people to understand what you do instead of the solution that you provide, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think in the medical profession, the least thing we would want to do is be unethical. Um, right. But I think a lot of people are just taught that that's the only way to do it. Um, so, I mean, I think I can think of a, a pediatrics clinic I remember from when we lived in Chicago that really would just put out helpful videos every, I don't remember how often, but every so often uh, about, you know, common illnesses and when to see a pediatrician. And I feel yeah. like if I had a kid, I would probably go there because it was just very helpful. So is that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of marketing gets people to a place where they know, like, and trust you. And that's far more important and it builds better relationships. So if you come to marketing with this point of view that you're going to spread your knowledge and really show people that your first priority as a physician is helping people. And then your second priority obviously is bringing clients in. But if your first, if your top priority is to spread that information and help parents understand the difference between, you know, just a fever versus a life-threatening situation where your kid is really sick and their fever is super high. And I think that for, you know, if we're looking at that particular example for new parents, that would be life-changing, right? It would be the difference between sleeping and not sleeping. So if you can come forward with your knowledge base first and not treat it as some sort of secret proprietary thing that people have to pay to get access to, surprisingly enough, more people will come back to you. Yeah, I think that really that really ties into the whole like the more you give, the more people will will come, right? Because yeah. the you know the counter argument is like, well, I can't give everything away for free, um, but uh, you know, as I'm sure you and your clients and I've seen over time, uh, the more helpful you are, the more that you'll reap rewards in the long run. Absolutely, and I think that for me especially, and I'm I'm sure it's the same for you, Andrew. I could give away a tidbit of information, a different one every single day and still not give away everything that I have. And I think that's the important way to look at it. The world is abundant and your knowledge base is abundant. And something that I've learned recently is that you have no idea how much more you know 
than you think you do. So for me personally, I'll be speaking with someone about their marketing and I'll bring up something that I think is totally obvious and they are stunned. Wow. I didn't think of that. That's so, that's such a great idea. But to me, it's totally obvious, right? So (laughs) if you step into the shoes of someone without your experience in education, who knows nothing, you would probably have to spend years working with them one-on-one personally to share all of your information. So if you come from a place of abundance, if you come from a place of, I could share a tip every single day, a new one, and not teach these people everything I know, you'll be set. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. I, you know, I think uh, I had a recent discussion uh, with Dr. Coriel on live um, a week ago, and we discussed how even the employed physician who works for like a big hospital um, it, it can develop a personal brand that really benefits their employer. Um, and by doing things online and sharing some of your knowledge, uh, you really make yourself indispensable as an employee. And where we once thought that being a doctor was uh, the ultimate job security, unfortunately, we've learned recently that that's not the case. But certainly, uh, using some basic marketing techniques to uh, to make yourself as a brand more apparent uh, can certainly help your employer's bottom line at, at the same time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And there's even a doctor, I don't know his name, but I've seen him floating around, you know, Facebook and TikTok where he watches shows like Grey's Anatomy, right? Those kind of ridiculous medical shows. And he just watches them and points out everything that's wrong. And that's so powerful because people are going to want to watch that, right? They're going to want to understand the validity of what they see on TV But then also, the second you started talking about being on social media and having a personal brand, I immediately thought of that guy. Granted, I don't obviously remember his name, but (laughs) my point is that you could even do something like that. You could have so much fun with your marketing. I mean, even if a pediatrician did, you know, like episodes of House or something like that that had kids and they just reviewed that, they're like, no, that's ridiculous. That wouldn't happen, blah, blah, blah. Because I know personally, every time I have um, like an MRI and they ask me if I have any like metal in my body, I just think of this episode of House where someone had a needle in their brain and didn't know. Then they had an MRI and it moved. And so I perpetually get nervous because I've seen this one episode and I'm like, I don't know, do I have metal in my body? I don't know. You guys tell me. So (laughs) I think that reviewing stuff like that could be an entertaining way for people to then come around and understand you know more about your profession and your practice sure absolutely and then i think you know it doesn't have to be scary it doesn't have to be hard um and that's for the employed doctor but uh for those you know there's a lot of docs nowadays that have side businesses or side hustles or whatever you want to call them or transitioning to starting their own business and i mean kayla we don't learn this stuff in medical school we have no idea how to get out there (laughs) especially like, I don't even know what TikTok is. You know, I, and I try my best to be informed, but, um, you know, how, how does somebody get started that, that, you know, that's, I'm sure you get that question a lot. Yeah. And that's honestly the easiest one to answer. So the best way to get started is think about your why think about the exact reason why you are either setting out on your own or why you got into being a doctor in the first place or anything to do your motivation behind what you're doing. Get really clear on that. That's the first and most important step. Write it down somewhere and read it every day. Um, Then 
comes the consistency. So you just have to start. You have to not worry about what people think, what they're going to say, if you get your messaging perfect, if you offend somebody, because honestly, social media is so fluid that it doesn't even matter. Um, if you offend somebody, like most of the time, people are just going to move on, right? It's not the end of the world. It's not that big of a deal. A lot of people I speak to worry about a post flopping, as it were. Um, I have some LinkedIn posts that get, I don't know, 25 views, and I don't care. I really don't because you can't. And then there are some that get, you know, four or 5,000 views. So it's really, you have to stop worrying so much about vanity metrics and worry more about showing up every single day. So first get your why in order, then start marketing consistently, whether that's through social media, an email list, a newsletter, mailers, anything like that. Then <laughs> the last one to kind of round it out is to try and be creative. So look at what other people are doing. Look at how other people are gaining traction and think how you could do something, tweak it and make it your own. So I, for instance, I have business cards that are puzzles. It's just a crappy little six piece puzzle with a tacky saying on it. And to me, it's hilarious, right? And so it's authentic to me. So every time I hand one of those out, I giggle to myself because I think it's funny. <laughs> it takes all the pressure off of the situation because normally I would freak out and get all sweaty and nervous just to hand my business card to somebody. And now I hand them a little baggie that's got this stupid puzzle with my phone number on it. Like, that's funny. And so for me, that just makes life way easier. It makes it, it takes all of the pressure off because I have that creativity that makes it less serious. Because marketing doesn't have to be serious. It just has to be authentic and consistent. Yeah, that I mean, I think that's hilarious. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks. But yeah, I mean, I think also people do get caught up in vanity metrics. You know, how many mm -hmm. likes you get on a post is really irrelevant, right? Because if, if none of those people are, uh, you know, buying things from you or signing up as a client or coming to your clinic as a patient, then them liking it really doesn't matter. But you really don't know how many people are watching in the background. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I get half my posts nobody does anything on it. I don't care <laughs> right exactly you can't it's more about you just want to reach that one person that needs you it's not about the millions of other people that are passing you by it's that one person that reads your content and is like wow Andrew could help change my life and then they give you a call and that's that's what people need to focus on that one person not everybody else fair enough so what's coming down the pike? Any ideas on what's new and different uh, in the social media marketing world? Yeah, it's funny you ask that. Um, I know we've had a few conversations about this and I do get asked this question a lot. Um, it's a funny question because we think of social media marketing and all of these things as being around forever. And it's all really new in the grand scheme of things. Um, so for me, <laughs> For me, it's more about watching how businesses are leveraging the platforms that we have versus looking down the pipeline. I mean, TikTok's even really new, right? It's, mm. it's brand new. And we think of that as old news now. And that's how fast our world moves. So Instagram is still such a massive opportunity for businesses. The reach there is amazing and all you really have to do is have pretty pictures and that is so unbelievably valuable 
And a lot of people pass it by because in their head, it's a crowded space, but it's really not. And <clears throat> same goes for TikTok. Um, being a physician on TikTok, I think is a really great idea, as long as you're obviously careful with <laughs> what you put out there. Don't be giving anybody medical advice, but I think it's a great idea to hop on TikTok, joke around and really show that doctors are people too. I understand, again, it sounds so cliche, but to just be able to humanize the medical industry is so powerful. It's the same as being able to humanize, you know, big business and the same reason why um, businesses feud on Twitter because it humanizes them, right? It brings that personification to the table. So if you can do that through the medical industry, I think that would be huge. And that's kind of the next big thing is really being able to humanize every individual person and humanize businesses. That's great. Yeah. I think, you know, anyone saying like that space is too crowded is also, I mean, some of that is an excuse. Some of that may be yes. true, but like, yeah. you know, I, I've got 400 Instagram followers and I was a top 50 doctor to follow on Instagram. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like the, and I've only been playing with Instagram for the last six months. So right. there's really, there's so much opportunity out there. And then, you know, that leads me to my next question. Uh, what the heck is LinkedIn stories about? I, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh, that's a funny question. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of people that are torn. Uh, half the people are saying LinkedIn's not Instagram. Get rid of the stories. I don't like it. Blah, blah, blah. And then the other half are like, wow, this really gives me more opportunity to humanize my business. So me personally, my LinkedIn stories are almost always of my dog, right? And I am someone that if you know me, you know all about my dog. Um, he's wildly entertaining. He's obnoxious. He's difficult. Um, but he's also absolutely hysterical. So for me, he I call him my office manager, right? Like that's, I, I tell people he's my office manager. And I really keep him present through my story because that is so part of me and honestly part of my everyday life. And it gets people seeing, you know, why sometimes like when they speak to me, things feel a little bit chaotic because that's how I live my life. Um, I work in chaos. I like it. It's comfortable for me. So LinkedIn stories gives me that opportunity to show that. And I think that that's, that's what it's about. It gives us all the opportunity to bring people into our lives. So by going online, by doing Zoom meetings, it's humanized entire companies. It's brought everybody into each other's homes and brought people closer together. And this is just another extension of that. And I personally am all for it. I think it's really powerful. And I also think there's a certain level of commitment that comes where you show up every day and you have a post that only exists for 24 hours. I think that's really powerful. That's fair. Yeah. I haven't played, I have watched your dog, honestly, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll admit, but, um, I haven't played with LinkedIn stories too much. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, Kayla, do you have any like, uh, time saving apps or like recommended things you can, you could share with the audience that maybe makes it a little less, uh, strenuous to, to do their marketing? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, so as far as social media, I've got a few. Um, one, my personal favorite is called Spacey, S-P-A-C-I-E. It is an Instagram caption formatting app. So anybody that ever fights with formatting their Instagram posts, so it's not just one giant paragraph, Spacey is amazing. 
uh, you just type it in, copy, paste it to Instagram. It is the bomb. Could not recommend that more. Um, another great one is Lightroom by Adobe. It's a free app to put on your phone and it allows you to just kind of really quickly edit pictures without having to, you know, learn Photoshop and pay for all of that. Um, I would say those are my biggest ones that I use. Um, those are the ones that I definitely recommend to my clients. Anybody that wants to schedule out their social media posts, I would definitely recommend using later.com. It is the most Instagram friendly one and it has a lot of really cool tools. And that's, you know, that's pretty much the ones that I use. <laughs> hey, that's great. Thank you. I'm going to check yeah. out those first two. Um, yeah. Yeah, I already, I'm already scheduling, but I, I, I use Sendable over rather than later, which I've I've been playing with lately. I like it. Yeah. Um, but I was having such trouble with Hootsuite that I had to, I had to switch it up. Yeah. But. You and me both. I'm not, I, I will say it right here and now I do not like Hootsuite. I don't like using it. I don't think it's user friendly and I think it's overpriced. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I, I canceled my subscription and I had been using it for some time. So, yeah. um, well, I'd like to shift the show a little bit just to get to know you as a guest just a little bit more, uh, besides mm -hmm. watching your dogs on stories, um, <laughs> which everybody should do because it's very entertaining. Um, uh, so what, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, man, that's a great question. That's a hard question, actually, because I have a lot of fun doing my work. I get that that's cliche, but I absolutely love being able to think of creative kind of ridiculous ways to market but um I also obviously I like to play with horses so any chance I get to go hang out with some horses I do that I also teach beginner riding lessons just because that's always been a passion of mine and watching kids learn and just get comfortable around these big terrifying animals is honestly the most rewarding thing I have ever done in my life so those are my two biggest ones, really. Just anything to do with animals, hiking outside. That's great. Yeah, they, they're um, behind our house. Uh, their neighbors have like a, a mini horse, I think two oh, mini horses and like a regular horse. And mm -hmm. there were some kids uh, like learning how to ride the other day. And we were just watching them like mesmerized. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. And on, I have one little girl right now who came to me so scared to ride and it took two lessons and now she's trotting around and she's you know she's having the time of her life it's great for kids it teaches them confidence it teaches them you know a work ethic and really brings their their ability to kind of commit to something to decide and commit even though they're terrified it's awesome to watch yeah fair enough the uh i didn't didn't see a lot of that in new york city grow, growing up but nowadays <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, uh, now. No, yeah, exactly. Do you uh, <laughs> do you have a book recommendation for the listeners? I do. Um, book called The Power of Moments. It's by Chip and Dan Heap. It's a great book. Um, you know why certain experiences have extraordinary impact. Anybody, it will help them with marketing for sure. It kind of helps you. Well, me personally, it has helped me really look at the moments that are happening and figuring out how to bring things forward that will make people remember things for a long time. Great. I'm going to add that one to my list. And then all the yeah. apps you mentioned earlier will also be in the show notes for the listeners. Yeah. Um, Kayla, you said if, if uh, you gave one piece of advice every day 
for the next year, you still wouldn't run out of things to help people with. So could you give us one uh, secret piece of advice today? Ooh, I have to pick a really good one that I haven't already talked about. Um, I, okay. My biggest piece of advice for anybody listening, looking to get into marketing would be to try as much as possible straight off the bat. So literally throw mud at the wall and see what sticks. Listen to your audience, give them opportunity to critique. Don't hold that from them. Don't take their power away by deciding what they're going to want to see. Just throw stuff up there and they'll tell you exactly what they like. Great. That's a great one. Well, Kayla, if uh, people want to find out more about you or perhaps learn about working with you directly, uh, how can they find you? Uh, So they can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Kayla Wright. Um, I'm blonde. (laughs) Um, uh, They can find me on Instagram, which is blank right now. I'm starting over with that and updating it. That is the Kayla Wright on Instagram. Or they can go to my website, which is venturemarketing.solutions. Wonderful. Again, it'll all be in the show notes for the listeners. If uh, if you're considering hiring someone to help you with your marketing, Kayla is a lot of fun and uh, would really recommend checking out her stuff because she certainly doesn't tell you the same old. Um, so uh, for the listeners who are interested, check her out and watch your dog because that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kayla, thank you again for coming on the show. It's been really informative and uh, and fun as always and uh, i look forward to talking to you again soon yeah thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it all right bye-bye what an amazing show with kayla wright she really brings a fresh perspective to the same old marketing i like her discussion about pain point marketing and why to avoid it additionally i thought it was interesting why she thinks that all doctors should do some form of marketing whether they are employed or for those starting out on their own with side gigs or private practice. It was also refreshing to hear that Kayla encourages physicians to just have fun with their marketing, try and see what sticks. Certainly takes some of the fear out of the big marketing game. That's all we have for today's episode. Thank you again so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me an honest rating and review. It really helps get the word out there. Additionally, if you are feeling dissatisfied with your career, experiencing burnout, and want to supercharge your career, please visit andrewtisserdo.com slash ss, andrewtisserdo.com slash ss, and book a time to speak with me directly for a free strategy session. Now, until next time, keep talking.